It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, with your host, me, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. So let's get started with 15 Minutes of Faith. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Thank you once again for joining us here today for 15 Minutes of Faith. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, and I'd love to see you come join us on some Sunday or Wednesday. We gather every Sunday. We have Sunday school at 10 a.m., and that's a good time of fellowship, getting together, getting into God's Word, and uh, just talking about the Word of God, followed by our Sunday morning service at 11 a.m., and then we have a Sunday night service at 6 p.m. and a midweek service Wednesdays at 7 p.m. where we have a Bible study and a time of prayer. All are welcome. We would love to have you. And if you show up at Harvest Baptist Church and you tell me, Pastor Byler, you say, I am here because I heard you on 15 Minutes of Faith. I will have a gift for you. I promise you that. And you will get that gift, and you'll have even a greater gift, and that is the fellowship with the people of Harvest Baptist Church. We are people that love God, and we love others. We're an encouraging group of people, and if that's what you're looking for, I would encourage you to come join us at 710 Salzburg Avenue in Bay City, Michigan, at 710 Salzburg Avenue. And uh, you can come on out, have some fun, worship the Lord and grow in him. And most importantly, if you do not have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will help you to do that as well. And we're looking at those that have a relationship with Christ today as we're in the book of Ephesians, chapter number six, and we're continuing on in the armor of God. Remember, this all started with talking about the issues of the world today. A while back, we were in Psalm 37, as well as Psalm 2, talking about why the heathen rage, or fret not thyself of evildoers. And we look at the events in today's world, and we look at things going on, whether it be on the news or social media, or just in conversation in general, and we wonder, what is happening? What can I do? What is going to happen to me? And so far, we've looked at nothing but scripture in regards to how to handle a society in which we live. You know, the Bible says that uh, the world will get worse and worse. Uh, men shall wax worse and worse. And that's, uh, again, that's the truth of God's word, that the evil will continue to grow in this world, but yet God is in control and he is on the throne. Again, that's not for us to look at and just kind of throw our hands in the air and give up. No, really, it's for us to uh, ready our hands for the work and do what the Lord has called us to do, sharing the gospel, encouraging people, and helping them know how they can know for sure that they're going to heaven when they die, but also that they're not alone in this world, that they can have a relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords through Jesus Christ. And we see here, as the Apostle Paul is teaching us in the book of Ephesians, that as we look about and we see the wickedness of this world, he tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that the battle is not mano a mano or man to man. It's not uh, one side versus the other. Uh, it is good versus evil, but not in the way we would expect. As the Apostle Paul tells us that we battle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And the battle 
is a spiritual one where he says against spiritual wickedness in high places. Another place we're reminded of that is the book of Job. Uh, the whole book of Job is, is him sitting there during his trial while he has three friends sitting around him telling him what's wrong, what he did wrong, and why this is happening to him when in reality they have no clue. The book of Job really started out with a conversation between God and the devil up there in high places. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil says, well, the only reason Job worships you, Lord, is because his life is great. And thus begins the trial of Job. And again, that started with a conversation between God and the devil. Job was a just man. He lived right, but yet he faced a trial and was eventually rewarded for it. But that's not what we're talking about today, but the, the, the idea is this, that the battle is not fought on our playing field. The Bible says, my ways are higher than your ways, saith the Lord, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So therefore, we need to get ourselves in the right position when it comes to spiritual warfare. Again, and that's what he says in verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 6, take unto you the whole armor of God. And we have to have all of it. Earlier, I alluded to the illustration of of a football player. He wears all of his equipment out on the field. He doesn't say, uh, I'm going to go and I'm only going to use my shoulders so I don't need a helmet. Or he doesn't unwisely say, I'm only going to use my head so I'll wear my helmet, but I don't need shoulder pads. No, he doesn't say that at all. He wears every piece of equipment that is required to play the game. And we must have every piece of armor to stand the evil of the day. And so far we've talked about standing therefore, having our loins girt about with truth and having our breastplate of righteousness. The loins girt about with truth means we're getting ready for work, getting ready for business. To stand is the idea of what we need to do. And then the breastplate of righteousness is Jesus Christ is our righteousness, and he is guarding our heart, guarding our tender areas is what the breastplate does, but Jesus guards much more than that. He guards our eternal destination, and he guards us while we walk on this earth. Then we looked at, again, having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we learned that our feet being shod has more to do than just standing with the cleats and the sandals of the Roman soldier being able to stand his ground, but also the cleats being used to move forward in advancement against the enemy. And there's a key phrase right there in Ephesians 6.16 where it says, above all. Above all. Here it says, you know, we can have every bit of equipment that we have, you know, having our feet shod, having our breastplate covered, and again, that's important to do. But he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let me ask you this. You ever make a decision for the Lord? You ever say, you know what, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up and start reading my Bible. And maybe something happens, you wake up the next morning and maybe your alarm clock doesn't go off, or maybe you have a little bit of a longer night for some reason, or maybe you just sleep in a little bit much and, and something happens the next morning and you just have to get about your day and you forget. And as you forget that, the devil will tempt you or he'll accuse you and say, look, it, you made one little tiny promise to God and you can't even do that. He says, you try to do one thing good and you, and you can't even handle it. That right there is a fiery dart. Or maybe you're trying to do something or overcome a struggle in your life, and it seems as you try to overcome that struggle, you're constantly reminded about it. Those are fiery darts. Or perhaps you're scrolling through social media and trying to pass some time, and I'd be aware of that, doing that too much. But nonetheless, uh, somebody makes a comment towards you. 
that's kind of detrimental or damaging. That right there is a fiery dart. And we are to fight those fiery darts. Those are given by the devil, just little things to try and set off a, a little spark or a little ember to ignite a flame, to kind of torch everything you're trying to do because he's trying to destroy your progress. And he does that with fiery darts. And we fight fiery darts with what? With cunning wisdom, with sharp remarks, with uh, witty comebacks. No, we fight it with the shield of faith. And that's significant as we talk about that today, the shield of faith and what that means. Remember, the Apostle Paul's audience uh, are the people of Ephesus, and they would understand what that means because he's talking about a Roman soldier. And the shield he would have, uh, don't get that confused with the buckler, okay? The buckler was something that was used by a Roman soldier, and it looks like a smaller, tiny, circular shield, and it almost looks like it has a bubble in the middle. And the buckler was actually an offensive weapon that it could be used to fight off a quick sword strike, but it could also be used to punch. Uh, when we hear that God is our buckler, he's our offensive weapon as much as he is our defensive weapon. The shield, in fact, is much different. The Roman shield is a convex surface. It's something that kind of almost surrounds you, which measures two and a half feet in width and four feet high. This is a big shield. I know I've seen some uh, stores uh, sell, you know, the armor of God, and they'll give you a helmet and a tiny little shield or whatever, but that's not the case uh, with the Roman shield or the shield that the Apostle Paul is alluding to here. It was four feet uh, tall, and the thickness was about, uh, you know, about uh, two and a half, three inches thick, and it is made of two planks of wood glued together. And then the outer surface then being covered with canvas first and then with calfskin. So it was covered with a canvas and then they put calfskin over it, which we would know as leather, covered in a, in a tough, strong type of leather. And then it would also be soaked and it would be soaked uh, in liquid in order to make it wet. Why? Because remember, what are we fighting against? fiery darts. Think about the fiery arrows of them at that time where they would fire them. And you imagine if it was just a wooden shield, uh, you could fire a, uh, you could shoot a fiery arrow at it and you could what, almost catch the shield on fire. But it hits this calf skin that is soaked in water, that is wet, has a moisture to it. And what does it do? It immediately quenches the darts. And that's the point, is that it's all-encompassing, it's surrounding, it's big, it's tall, it's thick, uh, it's covered in leather, and it's covered in moisture so that it can withstand the attack of the enemy. Many Roman soldiers would stand in a formation where many shields uh, standing together uh, could withstand an onslaught from the enemy as they what? As they advanced and moved forward. Don't forget about that. We are on the victory side. Uh, we're not standing here today cowering in fear because the devil. We're not cowering in fear because the world is getting worse and worse. No, we are on the victory side. We have the shield of faith. We have the armor of God. And God has commanded us to advance. We are on the winning side. And a couple of thoughts here before we close here today in regards to the shield of faith that we see in verse number 16. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the word there is quench. And that means as the arrow comes and it flies into the shield of faith, that it is extinguished and rendered useless. But there's something else to that as we look at that. 
that it only quenches them. It does not eliminate them. Let's not forget that. So many times we think if I just demonstrate strong faith, if I'm just faithful enough, then all of my problems will go away. No, that's not how it is. What happens when you think like that is this. When you think, well, if I'm just faithful enough, my problems will go away. When a problem comes or a fiery dart comes, you'll think, oh, I'm not faithful enough. And that leads to discouragement, and that leads to disappointment, and that leads to a detour from the Spirit-filled life and a life away from the fullness of joy of God. But when we demonstrate the shield of faith and we see the fiery darts come and we're able to quench them with the shield of faith, then we know we're on the victory side and we're walking in faith and we're walking with him. Imagine being that Roman soldier moving forward in advancement and you hear the darts one after another, foomp, 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 coming into that shield and you think, you know what, those are harmless and we're going to keep moving forward. That is the difference. Uh, the one that says, if I'm faithful enough, my problems will go away, will hear that sound of those arrows and think, what am I doing wrong? Nothing. You're doing everything right, hiding behind the shield of faith, faith in the Lord our God. And that's what we're supposed to do. It will quench the fiery darts. It will not eliminate them. But look what else it says right there in verse 16. It will quench all the fiery darts, all of them. Uh, the key of you quenching the fiery darts in your life is standing behind the shield of faith. And the shield of faith will quench them all. So how are you doing today when the fiery darts come? Are you watching them sail in? Are you allowing them to penetrate? Are you not raising your shield of faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's trusting in God and trusting in his word. Sometimes the shield of faith is using the word of God, as we'll learn a little bit later in regards to the sword of the word of God. But sometimes it's just trusting in the promises of scripture. And that's my challenge to you today. As those fiery darts come, remember, you didn't do anything wrong when they come because they will come because of the evil in this world. But are you lifting that shield of faith? And that's what it takes. Remember, put on all the armor of God. We're almost all suited up. Now we've got ourselves in a good position, but we'll continue moving forward. And I thank you so much for this time we've spent together. But until then, until next time, I would encourage you to stay. Stay.